Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're listening to the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast, the show that proves no one stumbles upon success ever. With your host, Lou Need. Every Mondays and Thursdays, we deliver cold heart evidence behind the power of a robust morning routine. Get ready to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Hello, morning enthusiasts. Welcome to the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast. I am your host, Dr. Looney. And today I have the privilege and the honor of introducing a very special guest to the show, Derek Lott. He is an author, an executive speaker, well-known author, and, you know, the podcast host of um, Gold Camp. And today we're going to talk about his journey about over 30 years working in corporations and technology and retail, and now marrying that with his purpose. And his goal is to leave a legacy. So I am thrilled and really, really honored to have him on the show today. So with no further ado, Derek, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Good to be with you, Monique. I'm very, very honored. Thank you for taking the time. Um, Offline, we were talking about the importance of finding your purpose. Although you still are in corporate America, you you said to me, you know, you're not so much focused on climbing the ladder, but leaving a legacy. So let's talk about that journey to kind of getting into that that, that space. Oh, absolutely. So I'm originally from Chicago, born and raised in the Chicago land area, spent most of my days in Chicago, grew up and started my career at a company called Motorola, which was a real big deal back in the day, created the cell phone. I'm dating myself, but I worked there for, I worked there for 20 years. And in that 20 years, I learned a lot about how do you build and structure a, a successful career? Because you can do a lot of different things. But what are the things you want to be known for? Yeah. And somewhere along my career, I had to just like, wow, I've done a lot of things. But yeah, what do I want to be known for? What are the things that if people said, Derek, what are you known for? What do you do? And if you're like, well, I do a little bit of this. I've been in sales. I've been, I've built factories. I've done all these amazing things. I've got accolades for this. It's like, yeah, okay, I got it. But what do you want to be known for? And that's when I figured out that I needed to plant some seeds on some very specific things that I needed to nurture and grow for my career that allows me to be known for something, a subject matter expert. And so that turned out to be process, process management, procurement with a focus on negotiations mm-hmm. and professional development. So I've been mentoring. I'm not a certified coach or anything, but I've been mentoring for 30 some years people and helping them get uh, build their careers and get promoted. I believe in development and just, you know, I'll call it worst way, but that's probably not the right word, but development is everything. You develop your team. You will have not only a rock star team, but a loyal team that is there mm-hmm. and dedicated to you and will grow. And so now as I've continued on in other spaces like retail and media, 
I take those lessons with me and mm-hmm. I'm not worried about necessarily what my rank in the company is and things of that, but passing it on so other people can grow a fruitful career, as I like to call it. Yeah, the teamwork aspect of it transcends. You can you can transfer it to in any industry because we mm-hmm. all need teamworks and are constantly building teams, right? Because especially entrepreneurs, we want to multiply ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And so we want to duplicate up others with the same vision, the same passion as us so that they can actually um, execute upon oh, the work. God. So. I really love that you said that because I've run into a lot of entrepreneurs. You know, one stint in my career, I was responsible for developing small minority owned businesses for our company. And I never will forget talking to some of these entrepreneurs and saying, hey, if you work with this company, you could really have something individually. I I don't really have anything for you. But if you two could come together, we could Mm -hmm. actually do a deal. Couldn't get there. Why do you think? Because they couldn't partner because they had that personality type of I've got to be the boss. I've got to make the decision. And I'm like, yeah, guys, but understand a lot of nothing is nothing. But a little bit of a lot is more than what you got today. And you can build and grow from that. But I could never get them to foster that teamwork. And that's why that's been so important. And I've been so passionate about working together, even entrepreneurs. I know there's this you know, need to lead and own and, and mm-hmm. control. But, man, work together with some people and collaborate. You can make some things happen. We find it, too, in the nonprofit world, yeah? You have a lot of nonprofits who are fighting the same mission, fighting the same cause, fighting for grant funding where they can actually just kind of put a coalition of some sort together. Absolutely. And then cover more ground, serve more people. That challenge is hard. So that's a challenge. And you're the thought leader on this. How do we begin to actually get people to start working together? And then there's the five stages of team building. You know, storming, forming, storming, storming, norming, performing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's that. There's that aspect of it. So go ahead. I think, you know, at the end of the day, right, you've got to ask yourself what you want. Right. A lot of people I will always ask, why did you become an entrepreneur? Oh, I didn't want to work for anybody else. Okay, that's good. Okay, I get that. Probably most Mm -hmm. people don't want to work for other people. Right. If they didn't have to, but they don't know another path. Okay, so you don't like working for other people, but what is it that you want to accomplish? And that's where people struggle. What are you trying to accomplish? What is the intention of your Mm -hmm. effort? And see, we can set a goal. We want to make money. We want to have a fancy car. We want houses. We want these. We can set those desires and goals, but we set those things up here in our conscious Mm -hmm. mind. But how we go get them is in our habits. And in our subconscious, it's in the things that we don't even think about that is how we achieve. So when people are not accomplishing things, I tend to say you are not the person that can accomplish those goals. I appreciate that you want them, but you're not the person you need to be to accomplish those goals. That's why you're struggling. You've got things you need to deal with as a person to have the things that you want. And so once you start getting through that, you start loosening up and you learn that you can collaborate because your purpose is yours. It's distinctly yours. 
Mm-hmm. It is your thumbprint, your fingerprint on life, and no one's going to be able to crowd in on it and take it from you. It's, you know what I mean? it's a blue yeah. ocean. The world is rich with opportunity. There's no yeah. lack. So we got to get out of this mentality that, no, I got to go because I got to get mine. I got to get mine. There's plenty for everybody. There's no scarcity. This scarcity mentality we've got to do away with. Every time you turn around, there's new industries being made. There's new yeah. money popping up. This is whole Bitcoin, the crypto, and all, where'd it come from? You see what I'm saying? NFTs or whatever they're called. Where did that come from? Mill, hundreds of millions of dollars flowed through that. So there's there's opportunity all the time. And I think, you know, some of those things, we've got to take a step back and look at ourselves and say, what are we really after? And what's really going to drive happiness for us? Yeah, it's almost like your idea is, is birth to you. It is yours. We don't have to worry about people stealing it. That is a mental, uh, a scarcity mindset. Yeah. And that's why people were not so open to sharing it. And you search for something super valuable. Derek, and it's like the goals that you want, you got to get to the frequency as the same goal, right? Because you cannot, your goal cannot be up here and you down here and expect to attain it. <laughs> That's so true. you have That's to true. make the change. Absolutely. Well, see, what I always say is think about it this way the person that sets out to win a race, right, is different than the person that's actually won the race. Mm hmm. So when you want to win a race, you're doing things, you're preparing, you're doing things like that. But that person that has won it has put in the hours, has put in the eating, the diet, has done the coaching, has done watch tape, film, watch the greatest, read books, done all of these things. And guess what happens to that person on that journey? They're no longer that person that desired to go in the first place. Mm-hmm. They're the person that has it. Yeah, and then I can actually see some of this mental language that has to go on to actually believe and know that you can accomplish it, a form of visualization of some sort, because you have to start somewhere, right? And sometimes you need the uh, motivation to get, to kick the habits into gear. Mm -hmm. Those habits are are not easy to create, but once you have them, boy, do they make you, because then you think about them. Absolutely. And I think some habits are harder than others. Right. Mm -hmm. But I challenge people when it comes to habits. They wake up every day. If they're going to get paid, they go to work every day. Nobody has to chase them down for that. And Hey, come on, come on, come on. They're like, there's money at stake. Their their children's welfare is at stake. Uh, Their their vacation is at stake. Right. They want to go somewhere to the Bahamas or wherever they want to go. They get up, they go to work, they go do those things, they brush their teeth, they take a bath, they do all these things by habit. They don't even have to think about it, and they do it. As soon as you say, hey, can you be nice to that person? Ah, (laughs) I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, right? It's hard all of a sudden. And so I challenge people, it gets back to why do you do the things that you do? If you know why you do the things you do and you can connect them with the things that you want out of life, I think you can begin to turn the tide, so to speak. And I also know that we carry around a lot of baggage. And I was going to ask you, Dr. Looney, about that is that, you know, we often have a lot of things weighing us down, baggage in our lives that prevent us. I say there's nothing wrong with you. I tell people all the time, let me help you. There's nothing wrong with you. 
And you need to look in the mirror and tell yourself that there's nothing wrong with you. The issue is you've got some stuff on you. Mm -hmm. And some of that stuff people put on you. Yeah. Right. Some of that stuff you put on yourself. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know the stuff you put on yourself. right? And other things attaching themselves to you all the time and don't want to let you go. Between those three things, you got all kind of stuff you got to work out. And as you work those things off of yourself, they're like training. It's like when you are an athlete, they put, you train with weight, you train with resistance. But when you get into the game, you take the resistance off so that you can run faster, you know, right. you're stronger, you're more agile. We're on the field with all this stuff on us. Great analogy. Wow. You got to take this stuff off. And then the real you is going to shine forth and you can say, I can do it. Wow. I do have the ability. I just got all this stuff that's weighing me down. There's a song by Erica Badu. Is it a bad lady? Is a bad lady? You're going to miss your bus. You got so much stuff. You can't hurry up. Right. You weigh down. You can't hurry up and catch your bus. And see, here's the issue. That bus is your transportation to your destination. Yeah. And so people are missing opportunity because they weigh down opportunity. The good news is, I say it again, it's a blue ocean. There'll be a new opportunity. But will you learn that you got to get rid of this stuff so you can catch the next opportunity? How do we get rid of that stuff? Ah, there you go. <laughs> Put you on the spot. How do you get rid of that stuff? So the first thing we got to we got to know is where it came from. Like I said, there's three ways we get these things, you know, this this baggage put on us. The first comes from you know things we uh, experienced as children gr- growing up as young adults. You ever heard the words "shame on you"? Yeah. I, I tell people all the time, get rid of that that phrase "shame on you." The reason is, think about it: shame on you. I'd rather you be disappointed, angry with me, but shame is a thing you put on a person. Shame on you. And it's the most miserable feeling because you can even feel the way me saying the word shame on you. And if you heard that when you were were a kid, it was it was just so uh, demoralizing. You just felt like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm nobody. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you've been called, you're not smart or you're stupid or you're this or that. That's baggage. Because yeah. we begin to process those things in our minds. And guess what happens? They reinforce, right? They get reinforced. Yeah. Something happens. You say, she's right. I'm stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I don't deserve this or I'm not good enough for that. So now shame has been put on us and we got self-sabotage, right? So one, we got to identify that. We got to be able to understand. And that's why I always suggest that people get help. Because you may not even recognize these things. You just brush it off like it's no big deal. But those things affect you and the way you go through life and the decisions you make. You ever met somebody that just kind of sees the glass half empty all the time? Yeah. (laughs) They're just kind of negative. And there's this because they've been taught. They've been trained throughout their life to be skeptical, to believe it's just not going to happen for them. So you you really need help. And so one solution is seek a professional. Get with somebody that can help you identify those things that have been put on you so that you can forgive those people and you can move on with your life. 
And some yeah. of those people, if they're around and they're open to it, open to a discussion about it so that you guys can mend that relationship because you don't realize you got resentment against that person. you got other feelings against them and they are authority figures like a parent or a teacher or a coach. And you got all these issues. You got to resolve that. Then it's the stuff that you put on yourself. Right. You know, you're supposed to get up at five, but you hit the snooze button at six. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to get up, do some exercise, stretch, maybe some meditation, maybe do a to do list. Look at your schedule, get organized. But you don't. So you end up right yeah. racing through the day. You've got to build new habits. Yeah. You've got to force yourself and commit yourself to new habits. And if you can't do it yourself. Get you an accountability partner. Get you a coach. Some put spend some money. Okay, <laughs> you you willing to buy some hundred dollar gym shoes, a beautiful outfit, pay a hundred dollars for liquor, whatever you you're willing to do. Spend some money on yourself. It's an investment. Spend some money on yourself. Invest in yourself. So that's that's the truth. Because that second one is the stuff we do to ourselves, right? The last thing about that is things that find us. You ever got into a relationship and found out that that person is like, you know, they're just, you're not compatible and you learn, but all of a sudden you're stuck to them. Maybe you got in a relationship prematurely. Maybe you've made a friend prematurely and found out that friend's not the best for you, but you know what? (laughs) You're thick as thieves now. You heard Mm -hmm. that term before? Thick. As thieves because it's stuck to you. You ever had try to get something off of you and it won't go away? You try to stop or dodge from somebody, they won't go away. Those are things that are stuck to you. So there's the things that are put on you, there are the things that you put on yourself, and then there's the things that stick to you. They find you and they yeah. won't let go. Why? Because you're a great host. You're a great host for that foolishness. You're a person that when somebody says something to you, you agree with it. You won't stand up for yourself. You won't say no. You won't push back. And guess what that does? That allows it. They say, "Ooh, this person will allow me to be negative. This person uh, is self-sabotaging. This person is what what do they call that? Um, They have imposter syndrome. They have all Mm -hmm. these different things. We love it here. This is the best place for us. And so if you know anything in, in scripture, one one scripture I focus on, it says an unclean spirit, when it is cleared out of a space, it goes around to and fro, looking for where it can go. And when it finds nothing, you know where it goes? Right back to where it came from. And say, oh, it's still vacancy. So it comes back and it's seven times worse. See, this is why people run into a problem. And then they're like, what did, I thought I did something, but now it's even worse. Because you haven't realized when you release baggage, you clear space, you create a void. Mm-hmm. And the void must be filled. Just like habits, you gotta replace you gotta them. Fill that void. You gotta replace them. If you kill a habit and don't replace it with a good habit, is it's, it's gonna back. come back. You know why, Derek? Because it's there for a reason. It's there to solve a problem for you. Mm. Mm. It's going to solve a problem, so you need to replace it so it can more effectively solve that problem so that it's not Mm self-sabotage, but it's more self-fulfilling. It's more legacy. It's more purpose-driven. You have Mm -hmm. to replace it. That's it. I love it. Love it. 
Yeah. Tell us about some of the, because um, you, you work with tons of people and you're still, you know, you don't want to call yourself a coach, but you're still um, helping, mentoring um, a lot of people. How do you yourself get up, dress up and show up so that you can be your best for everyone else in your life? Yeah. So I, I, for me, I'm a creature of habit. I am a big get up, do similar things, make my bed up, drink some water, have my meditation time. As you can tell, what I'm saying to you, I preach to myself in the morning. Yeah. So I may have some meditation time, but I also have some preach times where I tell myself affirmations. <laughs> I tell myself it's going to be a great day. This world ain't ready for me. They better watch out, you know. <laughs> And so, you know, people may think I'm nuts and off my rocker, but it really doesn't matter because it's about me and what gets me amped up and charged to go out and be my very best self that day. And that's how I, how I show up. You know, I get up in the morning, like I was saying, uh, have some water, I'll do some meditation. I may stretch a little bit and have fun uh, just with with myself thinking about how the day is going to go. I may look at my to-do list. I believe in a prioritized uh, to-do list, not just a to-do list, but prioritize Mm -hmm. the big things and important things to make sure you work on those first in your day. I get all of that set up. And then I spend a lot of time with the folks that uh, are on my team, lifting them up. It's another thing is dealing with my emotions. Uh, mm-hmm. So I with my emotions every morning before I even get started in the day. Yeah. Because you're at day. There it is. Check yourself. I love it. Yeah. And I so I have that self check before I get after it. Am I feeling good? Am I, am I angry about something? And, and people may think, why do you do that? You'll know if you're angry, you'll be surprised because it's yeah. a mood. It's a mood. And you have to be tuned in to yourself. How are you really feeling? You know, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm fine. Are you really fine? What makes you fine today? Why are you just fine today and not amazing, marvelous, wonderful, stupendous, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, you know? (laughs) 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 I don't know. That's like a word I heard from a movie or something, Mary Poppins or something. But anyway, um, you know, are you feeling, are you aligned with what's coming out of your mouth? You know, I tell people all the time, your say-do ratio is the only thing you can manage as a person. What you say versus what you do is a measurement. And when you don't do what you say out of your mouth, you can't trust your own self. And if you Mm -hmm. can't trust you, who else is going to trust you? You don't even believe the own words you say out your mouth. So anybody else believe? If you don't love you. Who's going to, how are you going to expect someone else to love you? Eh? <laughs> it, it goes along that line. How do you, how do you put yourself first? And I think the morning routine does that very well. Cause it, it helps you quiet down so you can hone in on that purpose. Yeah. I know your purpose is leaving a legacy. Why is that important to you? Well, because you know, time on this earth is short. This is why I talk about why do you do what you do? Are you doing it for momentary recognition right now, self-satisfaction, that type of thing, instant gratification, that won't live on. I thought about my kids. Mm -hmm. I thought about my kids' kids. I'd love for them to sit down and say, well, you know, your grandfather, when he was alive, he was an author, he was a podcaster, he was a musician, he was a DJ, he did 
everything he wanted to do in life and enjoyed it to the full. And how he made his money in marketing and media space did not keep him from doing all the other wonderful things he wanted to do. He traveled with his family. He did all the things that he wanted to do. He lived life to the full. And he left some things behind for us so that we could learn from, so that we could share with others. And whether there's a business that comes out of all of this that they take forward and the legacy of that, that's what I look forward to because I think I have something to say that goes throughout all the generations that will follow me. I think about my my mom, you know, I talk about power a lot. And power, there's three pillars of power. There's knowledge, there's your network and their assets. And my mom didn't give me necessarily the network and and the the money, but she left me an education. And that's what she handed to me. And, you know, I stand on her shoulders not to criticize her, not to look back and say what she didn't do. And the fact that she was a uh, gainfully employed woman, but was underpaid by 30, 40 percent. So there could be the money, right? (laughs) But (laughs) needless to say, she did what she could. And my job isn't to look back, but to look forward and hand a baton to my children and to the future generations ahead of me. And they should do the same. And so that's why legacy is is so important, because I want to be remembered in that chain of life. Mm -hmm. Hey, he was there and he did his job. He did what he could. Now you do what you need to go do. Yeah. And then you pass on the other two of um, mm-hmm. element of power, the asset and the network, yeah. along with the knowledge, because right? mm-hmm. you're always, always building up on it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, they, most people may not be familiar with the Rolodex, but some of us may remember the Rolodex. Your Rolodex is power. How many of us have gotten a job because we knew someone? Right. So many people have gotten a job. And that's the first example of it. Every time you look at someone who's been successful, there are people around them. Yeah. Not. No one does it alone, period. They can tell you whatever they want to tell you. Everybody needs somebody. And so you build a powerful network. You're going to see your net worth and your ROI go through the roof. Yeah. Jim Rohn says you're the average of the five people you hang out with. There you go. And so there's that network, there's that community, and it brings us back to that team in that leadership, right? Being a leader and fostering those, those teamwork and these, um, these relationships. Absolutely. And then on the, on the, the point of assets, assets are not just land or gold, right? Assets are also the ideas you got in your brain. Mm-hmm. There are people now that are becoming millionaires by simply being an influencer on social media. The overnight success because they had a thought about something and they went and shared it and it went viral. And the next thing you know, they're they're a sensation. What's in your head? What's in your head? You can write a book out of your head, write a book from your experiences. And that is an asset. You can write music and be an artist. So many things can create value for you. So don't just look for those tangibles. Look for the intangibles as well. Well put. Look for the intangibles. Derek, tell us, um, how can we connect with you? Where can we find you? Well, like you, I have a podcast and I definitely would love to have you. I feel like we're just so much in sync on so many ideas and concepts. But my my podcast is Goal Camp 
and it's on all major platforms. So if you go to Google, look up Gold Camp Podcast, you'll find it. My website is DerekCLot.com. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter as Derek C. Lott. You'll find me that way. And I think those are probably the top ways you can find me. Amazing. Thank you for sharing. It's been such a joy having you on the show. I agree. There is synergy. And, and, and I love your take on building teams and knowing that you set up the goal consciously, but subconsciously you're being driven. Yeah. Subconsciously, it's your, your actions are being driven by something you're not even aware of. And that's where, one, the power lies, but it can also be a, 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 a fall. Exactly. So exactly. Have to, Absolutely. Have to become aware of it and do something about it. So thank you for sharing that. Very insightful. Um, again, really, really thrilled that you came with and join us today. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Awesome. Well, all right, morning enthusiasts. That's it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. If you love the best morning routine ever podcast, we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes or Google Play. While you're at it, tell a friend about the show. Be sure to visit bestmorningroutineever.com and our Facebook group to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic free bonus content. Until next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.